now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to today's free podcast, courtesy of Westwood One, powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace, and we'd love it if you would join us by letting us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And as I warned you earlier today on the on the television show, voice a little raspy today. When your favorite team wins four games in four days, second year in a row, to win the Big Ten Basketball Championship, and you stand up to the bullies of the Big Ten in Michigan State, and you're throwing seven two stiff recruit who was supposedly a project that would never play any meaningful minutes, posterizes the most dominant physical presence in the conference all year long to put an exclamation point on the championship game. You know, you have some spontaneous bursts of uh, vocal energy at those moments. I was going through the archives. I can't remember why. I was going through the archives uh, just a couple weeks ago, and I went across uh, some programs right after the Big Ten tournament last year, and this exact same thing happened. (laughs) So, um, the difference is, I, do I sound better than I did last year? Because I think I learned my lesson from when we did this last a little bit year, better, yeah. where where I'd have these spontaneous moments of, com- of combustion, yep. of hype, and then I'd like, crap, I got to work on Monday. Calm down, calm down. Don't, yep. you know, don't follow up, don't follow up, you know? Keep it cool, keep it cool. But um, that was a ton of fun. So, my voice isn't quite as shot as it was at this time last year, but it's not quite 100% as well. So, we're not quite large Marge. We might be somewhere in, uh, you know, Marlboro Man territory. So, maybe, you know what? Maybe I should smoky. ask the ladies. Yeah. Does it sound a little sultry, maybe? Yeah, smoky. Yeah, does it sound good, perhaps? Yeah, there's only two guys in this room right now, so this is a little weird. Let's. <laughs> You made it. You're the one that went there first. That's true. I was making my appeal to the ladies. You're the one that dropped the smoky, That's smoldering, true. whatever yeah. that was. You yeah. made it. You're, you're right. Yeah. yeah, Todd is gone today, and we'll leave it up to him whether he, when he comes back, whether he wants to disclose the reason why. Let me just say, if if you're a person that doesn't like going to the dentist, you you would not want to trade places with him today, and we'll just leave it at that. Okay? Trust me. No matter what I would put him through by coming into work today, no matter what name I would call him, no matter what humiliation I may force him to subject himself to, is still preferable to why he is not here today. Would you agree with that? Um, oh, I, I, okay. <laughs> I'm tracking with you now because when you first, I was, I was thinking that Todd was having some sort of, well, he, he might be having, he actually, he does have a medical problem. Yes. <laughs> That's why he's gone today. Yes. Yes. And one, most Americans would prefer, like most Americans would prefer like a broken arm mm-hmm. to what to what he has to do today. Glad we have not been afflicted. No doubt about that. So hopefully he'll get back tomorrow. We'll see how quick uh, the recovery time is. And uh, if, you, if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, you've got to see, I think, one of our more interesting roundtables touched off by, of all people, Bill Maher. 
And I even wrote a little bit about it for Conservative Review today in a piece titled, uh, Thank God for Atheists Like Bill Maher. But we, we get more in-depth in the conversation between you, me, and our media watchdog, Rob Eno. Mm-hmm. So uh, you don't want to miss that coming up today at CRTV.com. What else stood out to you about uh, today's television show, Aaron? Yeah, I was going to go uh, going to go there uh, looking at, at fake news or not. Again, that, uh, that little segment in our show uh, has basically become its own show on Facebook now if you go to the Steve Dace show mm. show page. But um, every now and again, real news comes from sources you wouldn't expect, and that's the case today with the reemergence of our beloved... Well, you're going to have to go figure it out uh, and check it out on the show. That's one of the things I love about this segment is we would be very tempted with something like fake news or not to just do our own clickbait to counter the clickbait every day. Mm-hmm. And some days we do do that because that is required to confront such low-lying fruit. But one of the things I love about this segment is it keeps me honest, too. Because when you truly survey the media, there are people we would love to pigeonhole as this guy's always right. Yep. He's not. Or this guy's always a tool. And he's not. We're not either. And we're not either. Uh, we are, and we are yes and. <laughs> but there's somebody today who um, has rightfully been an object of much deserved scorn throughout the entire you know year long history since we debuted that segment last year, and and today he gets uh, he gets his uh, his helmet sticker because what he said was a hundred percent dead on, and, and mm-hmm. we wanted to recognize that. So if you want to catch that segment, that's today on our television show CRTV.com. If you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, promo code DACE is how you can be a subscriber and get a discounted subscription that won't just give you access to our show on CRTV, but every show from the great one Mark. Levin, Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, and more. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And if you haven't yet clicked the subscribe button here on our podcast, if you're listening to us today via Podbay or Stitcher or iTunes, you really, just that one little click, that one little gesture, if enough of you do that, really helps us to grow the audience. And if you have some extra time in your schedule today to leave us a positive review, that helps us to grow this podcast as well. And for all of you that have done that already, the thousands of you that have already clicked subscribe, the hundreds of you that have already left us reviews of a positive nature, thank you very much for taking the time to do that. Uh, It is very much appreciative. So, Today's podcast would typically be a weekend news and views, and we go over some of the major headlines from over the weekend and provide more in-depth commentary than the television show format provides for us to do. But we had planned on doing something different today. And some of you that follow me on social media might be aware that there were several people within conservative media working at places like Resurgent, Red State, and others who were attempting to call me to task for my criticism of Mitt Romney's uh, political uh, record, which is liberal. Um, And in doing so, attempted to equate my support for Roy Moore's candidacy with uh, my criticism of, of Mitt Romney and conflating those two things to basically say I have no moral standing yep. to make the case that I was making. We asked, oh, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I sent... a half dozen. I, was it that many yeah. that I sent to you asking if they would come on yep. and have a conversation? And, none, and, and only one of them agreed, correct? Yeah, uh, so there was uh, there was six in all, if I remember correctly. One of them said, uh, even though this person sent uh, spent all afternoon on your Twitter account, 
um, said that they did not have any interest in coming on the show to discuss uh, what they were attempting to discuss. I sent uh, tweets to five others. Of those five, only one uh, said that they would agree to come on the show uh, after two weeks, uh, almost two weeks, of not hearing from this person after they said they would send me an email. Finally, somebody else on Twitter um, uh, mentioned that person. That person sent me an email uh, late last week. I said, yep, you can absolutely come on the show. Why don't you come on on uh, Monday? And uh, this person never responded. So uh, here we are. So here's the thing. I want to put this conversation to bed. And for some people, it won't because they're not interested in having a legitimate conversation with me about this. They just want to troll me because they're Mitt Romney fans. And okay, that's cool. That's politics. That's fine. I don't know which of the people we invited that chose not to come or the one who did agree to come, which camp they fall in or just have some legitimate questions. But but here's what we're going to do here on our show. The way I had planned on doing this, I think this was a gentleman from the Resurgent, correct? Yeah, okay. uh, it's Judicial Watch. Is is this person's? Oh, Judicial Watch. Okay, is this person's main gig? Yeah. And Tom Fitton at Judicial Watch. By the way, I've met Tom before. Does a lot of great work. Okay. Um, I, I what I was going to do is let this person just ask me whatever he wanted to in the time we had, rather than going back and forth. You know, politicking. Um, he clearly has uh, some issues with me and, and my approaches on these two issues. So I was just going to let him ask whatever questions he had and answer them to the best of my ability. And that way we could get to the criticisms that he has rather than the two of us just, you know, bloviating back and forth. And that way he would get his challenges to me directly answered by me. That's what I had planned to do for a podcast today. I did not know until right before the cameras rolled for the television show that he never bothered to follow through once more. And so... I still want us to do that podcast, okay. whether he's here or not. Okay. So what I'm going to, because I, I really would just like to move on with my life and and I think that maybe answer some questions for the audience and put this matter to bed once and for all. So here's what I've asked Aaron to do a few minutes before we started the podcast today. Because also Mondays, just so the audience knows, I'm pressed for time. Monday anyway, we have to do a Facebook Live for a conservative review. And then I teach a Christian worldview class that's on the total other side of town uh, from where we broadcast from. And I got to get I gotta get all of this done by 1.32 in the afternoon so I can get on the other side of town. Uh, and so I would just, if, if a guy's not going to follow through at this late a date, i just like us to do the podcast we're going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter whether the audience hears his voice or not. Just let's, let's, let's try to have, Aaron, you throw as many of the questions you could think he would likely ask me. At my, at my way as possible, and I will answer them to the best of my ability and as honestly as I can. So I would imagine um, these people and this person in particular would want to ask you, uh, how can you say you're for family values when you're buddies with that bigoted, xenophobic, child-molesting, constitutionally illiterate pedophile Roy Moore? Well, let's, let's take each of those terms one by one. I, I have no evidence Roy Moore is bigoted. Uh, Roy Moore actually had the support of... Uh, a, a black pastor organization in Alabama in his run. Saran, uh, Saran Stacey, who's one of the great running backs in modern Alabama history, was a vocal proponent of Roy Moore's candidacy. Uh, the Black Pastors Coalition, or African or Coalition of African American Pastors, actually, backed his candidacy in Alabama. I, I don't know what the evidence of his bigotry is, unless you're just one of those people in conservative media that likes to virtue signal by saying anybody from the South who sounds like they are from the South must be a, a racist. If, I, I, don't, I don't know what the, do you know what the evidence Roy Moore is a bigot is? I, I don't know what it is. No. 
Okay, no. I don't. I don't know what the evidence Roy Moore is a xenophobe is, unless you're one of those people in conservative media that is paid by open borders uh, lobbyists to say anybody who doesn't want to turn America into a third world country must be a xenophobe. I, I don't know what that evidence is either. Do you? I'm asking. I don't know. Do you know what it is? No. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I don't know. He talks with a southern drawl, and he likes to talk about Jesus. Okay. So yeah. I, I, I don't. So I don't. I'm, I don't even know what the evidence of Roy Moore did more to reach out to black voters in Alabama to, to win his primary than I've I've seen most liberal Republicans from far more culturally and racially diverse states in my time in politics. Okay, so I, I don't know what that complaint is about. What was the other term that you threw at me? I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Was it, oh, Z, predator. A child molesting constitutionally illiterate pedophile. All right, the whole constitutionally illiterate thing comes from some who believe on our side that judges make law and whatever judges say, we have to do as the new law. I find that viewpoint to be constitutionally illiterate. You know, we had a really good conversation with Noah Rothman of Commentary Magazine on this podcast. When was that? Sometime last fall? Yep. And, you know, uh, he has a differing view on this. And and I thought him and I had a very constructive back and forth conversation on that issue. I'd urge our audience to go and find that podcast from several months ago and listen to that and, and lay out why I have the viewpoint that I have and why I think it's rooted in what the Founding Fathers believed. I saw some people try to claim that Roy Moore wanted didn't want women to vote because uh, he noted how the, how government has grown exponentially ever since we essentially, uh, with every amendment since the 10th Amendment. And so they took that to, they, they tried to make that say, well, he was against giving women the right to vote. And I, I, again, I don't, <laughs> if you know Roy and Kayla Moore at all, uh, Kayla is the one that wears the pants in that in that arrangement. Okay, Kayla is the more far more outspoken one. Kayla is the far more ornerier one. Roy would just imagine, would would avoid media at almost all costs if he could. Uh, so the idea that he's somehow threatened by outspoken women or women who have opinions, uh, he's married to one. So I, I, that just is and has been for decades. So I, I mean that that opinion and you're cherry picking. I mean okay. Would we not agree as conservatives that almost every amendment outside the Bill of Rights has resulted in the growth of government? I, 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 tell me which ones. So we take women's suffrage off the table. I, fine. Okay. By and large, have not the majority of amendments that have been ratified since the Bill of Rights resulted in the growth of government? I think the answer to that question would clearly be yes. So again, I, I don't understand that criticism. That just strikes me as you're looking for reasons not to support a guy who either makes you feel uncomfortable. And if Roy makes you feel uncomfortable, well, I, I don't blame you. He has taken some really radical positions. I happen to agree with most of them, but not all of them. But if that makes you feel uncomfortable, hey, you're the voter. You have a right to feel about a candidate however you want. You know, uh, what you don't have a right to do, though, is just to make up things and assume those who disagree with you, who'd have different reactions to what he's saying, therefore must be racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic bigots. That's actually the argumentation tactic of, of the cultural Marxists. And really, we shouldn't entertain that in conservatism on any level at all. When we call people racist and xenophobes, we ought to have ironclad cases. Otherwise, we shouldn't even entertain identity politics at that level. Now to the, the sexual predator aspect. Here's what we know. And well, let me say this. I'm not even going to go with what we know. I'm just going to repeat what I said about this all along. 
I was devastated when I read the Washington Post report. You know, we did an entire CRTV television episode Multiple. on this. Multiple. And Aaron, if and I don't, I've, I don't know really where you stand completely, I, but I, I, I think I don't think you necessarily even agreed with every position I took on this. Would that be fair? For full disclosure, I was I was at the point where I was pretty uncomfortable at a few points. Uh, and where I am now, I, I mean, I always supported you because I we we didn't know we it was one of those situations where we we couldn't know. But I was looking at this from probably a less um, less principled standpoint, maybe than you were. I was like, what is okay? So he everybody else is wrong. All the allegations are wrong. He wins the Senate seat, and yet we're we're going to be stuck with this label that we're supporting, mm-hmm. even though, though it's wrong. We're going to be stuck with this label that we supported a pedophile for the rest of our career. Something along those lines. That's, hey, and then that's a fair political point, though. Where I am, where I am right now, is I still think that Roy Moore, um, the man, uh, and what he really believes, I. I I, I like it, but as far as his acumen, he just isn't who I thought that he was for the for the for the for the the charges that were leveled against him. I shouldn't even say charges. The allegations that were leveled against him, he didn't stand up with the with the fortitude that was needed, and he didn't do what what, what I think was mm-hmm. needed in retrospect. And so, because of that, a lot of people, like the guy I'm sitting across from right now. Um, and and many others who um, just didn't want to, you know, sweep him under the rug and just uh, throw him out with the, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just wanted the truth, um, right or wrong, or, uh, have part of their reputations tarnished because I think of of his unwillingness to go out and really articulate what needed to be articulated. So that's full disclosure. That's where I am right now. And by the way, I think that's a very fair point. Which is why, did I ever criticize the entire time no. anybody calling on Roy Moore to get out of the race? No. On our side, anyway. No. no. I mean, if Todd were here, he would remind everybody, he openly said he wouldn't vote for him. When we got down to the very end, and he listened to him, he gave Moore every chance to make the case in his defense, and, yep. and Todd openly said on our, on our very show here, I wouldn't vote for him. Did I argue with Todd about that? No. no. So I understand, I, I understand that the fact I've known Roy Moore for over 10 years gives me both an advantage and disadvantage here. One, I know a man named Roy, not a caricature in the media. That's number one. And so that, that, I know the kind of life the guy lives. The guy is as straight-laced as it gets. Well, at least during this period of his life he has been. Because notice these are all, all the allegations of Moore all came from things that may or may not have happened 30 plus years ago. Nobody disputes what kind of man he's been, uh, you know, essentially since him and Kayla have been married. Mm-hmm. There are disputes about his political acumen and political principles, but not on a personal level, okay? Right. Um, but that also gives me a disadvantage. And then it makes it, you know, there's a bias I have there that right away, and you were here when I read the initial Washington Post report that Friday. Mm-hmm. You saw my reaction. Mm-hmm. You saw what I said the day after we came on the air, because that story literally broke Friday, about a half an hour after we finished the show. And so the next Monday, I, you heard what I said. I thought that, and I even tweeted this that night. I thought those were credible allegations. Didn't mean I believed them, but I didn't see anything that yeah. I thought was incredible right away or no, uncredible. No, you, 
you 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 never said this is definitely false. You never did that, or did, Roy Moore is definitely innocent. He's definitely. You never said any of that. My fear, that, just to clarify, my fear the whole time is that as honorably as you uh, as you did conduct yourself uh, during that uh, entire episode, no matter what. There's no winning. <laughs> there was no winning in that entire episode, and that that's where my concern came. Yes, there was no winning. There, it's it's a no win scenario. It's a Kobayashi Maru, no matter what, and um, and that's why I wanted to leave as much room for conscience as possible. And my position ultimately was to do the following: remove myself from the equation. Because I have a personal relationship, and so right away I have a bias. Um, and the best way to remove myself was to to look for objective pieces of corroborating evidence. As I recall, two were offered. One was the was the notion that he had been banned from the local mall, right? Right. And that story was debunked False, yeah. twice, actually. Yeah. The other was the signature on the yearbook, which that which Moore himself staked his entire defense on. What was my stance on that? I was the one that said, let's hold it up to, let's see it. Let's have a three-person panel of experts. Handwriting expert representing the Attorney General of Alabama, therefore the people of Alabama. One representing Gloria Allred and her client, and another one representing Roy Moore, and that way we'll get a majority viewpoint. Two out of three are going to agree one way or the other. And then we will move on based on that. At the very, and, 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 and I don't know that I said another word after that, about Moore's candidacy, one way or the other, other you, than just restating that position every time it came up. You said on the next the next thing you said, other than restating that position, was on election night, and you said, "I respect the people of Alabama's decision." Yeah, ultimately, ultimately they're the best judge. They're the closest to the situation. Whether they were comfortable with the allegations made against Roy, they thought they were credible enough. They thought it was worth the risk of having him represent him, and 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 the. This, the smear that would go with it that you just articulated, they're the ones that were closest to the situation. Let them decide. That's, that's the best jury of his peers and the most favorable one in one of the most Republican states Roy Moore could have asked for. And in the end, enough of them didn't buy it. And I respected that. Right. And I've not said a word about it other than I have noticed Notice the accusers. I, I, I take it back. There's two things I've said. One, have you noticed the accusers have all but disappeared? Yep. Yep. Here's the other thing I've said, though. I also made a note that one of his accusers is suing him, saying, hey, you're claiming you didn't even know me. You're defaming me. And I've also noticed, in contrast, Roy has not followed through yeah. with legal action to defend his own integrity. So I, 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 know, I, I know people could have handled this better than I did. I don't know, though, given my personal relationship how I could have handled it better than I did. And I turned down numerous opportunities to go on cable news and defend Roy when there was nothing to defend other than what whose signatures on that yearbook. There, it was a he said, she said. There was, there was nothing to defend. We have one piece of evidence. Let's see what it is. When Glenn Beck asks, who, who doesn't like Roy Moore? And God, Glenn, Glenn's my buddy. When Glenn asked me to come on and, and answer his critical questions, did I agree to do it? I did. I, and I answered every question that he had. So I, I don't know, given my situation, how I could have handled it better. No. Now, that doesn't mean, by the way, those of you who disagree with the way I handled it, I'm a big boy. 
I'm a grown I'm a grown man. I knew that I was going to have some people that didn't think I went far enough in defending him and some people I didn't think didn't think I went far enough in condemning him who would who would that would change the way they looked at me going forward and you know what as long as I did the best I could to maintain as much of my integrity as I could then I, I did the best I could, and I'm okay with what those consequences are. What I'm not okay with is being unfairly labeled here as if I did not try to find the truth. I, I didn't spend a whole bunch of time tweeting about him. I, I didn't. I, that, that race, I went. <laughs> if we never had those allegations, my Twitter account would have been Roy Moore for Senate for a minute, month and a half. Instead, it was for most days, it was like that race didn't even exist for me. So. I did the best I could do. Maybe I could have done better in some other areas. But if the best I could do is not good enough for you, as long as you are fairly coming to the conclusion that you think I didn't do a good enough job, then I'm okay with that, and I'll accept those consequences. Well said. Uh, Where do you get off criticizing uh, Mitt Romney when you say he's a family man? Well, one of the things that I don't understand is the conflating of someone's personal life with their public life. So I had people say, well, you backed a child uh, predator, alleged, by the way. Nobody's been found guilty of anything. I, I I used to remember when conservatives appreciated the rule of law. Now, if you want to say credibly accused, well, credibly accused is enough in a political court of law, okay? For you as a voter, I'm fine with that. But but when we just definitively say things about people they've not been found guilty of, I, I don't care whether you know that person or not. I'm not comfortable with that as a as a conservative. And, and I'm just that, not. That was in that was the most frustrating thing about this this Sunday afternoon uh, that that uh, that that you were tweeting and all these all these. Uh, Mitt Romney cultists were were tweeting you back. Um, it seemed like when they were bringing up Roy Moore, they were stating definitively mm-hmm. uh, this this case. And it's we've never said it was anything other than a credible. Those allegations were anything other than credible. Uh, but that was the most that was the most frustrating thing. Seeing all of these people just because you you criticized Mitt Romney, now you're and now now you can't have an opinion on him because you supported uh, a definitely acute uh, definite uh, child predator. Uh, that was that was the most frustrating part, and it, it will be that thing is going to go on ad infinitum until uh, both Roy Moore and Mitt Romney are way out of the political scene. And no, I did not rescind my support of Roy because I knew how that would play in the media that would be used to bury him before he had a chance to make his defense. Instead, I said, I'll let him make his defense and leave it up to the people of Alabama, and they didn't buy it. And I said that after they the vote came in, I respect that. I respect the will of the people. In Mitt Romney's case, um, this has nothing to do with who he is as a human being. There's lots of good people who I don't think have any business being in public office because I disagree with their politics. I mean, this idea that Mitt Romney would make a great senator because he's a great family man. You know who also is a great family man? Barack Obama is. Barack and Michelle Obama have raised children in a White House. They have kept a family together under the most insanely pressure-packed circumstances to raise children you could imagine under the greatest microscope ever. And what's the worst thing we can say about one of their kids? Didn't they get caught with a doobie once? Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the worst. Let me tell you, there's not a parent listening right now. They, I don't care if you're Joe the plumber living in obscurity, if you, have, if, if you are a corporate exec, if, if you're a mailman, John Kasich's dad. There's not a parent right now of any race, creed, socioeconomic background or, or religion 
who, if they looked at their, went home and they looked at their kids right now and said, so I'm going to do the best I can with these kids and the worst we're going to find out in 18 years before they leave my home is they got caught with a doobie once, I'll take that deal right now. There is not a parent listening right now that if that was the worst they were going to find their kids have gotten themselves immersed in, they wouldn't take that deal. Now imagine adding on the pressure of the White House. So no, that doesn't, but I wouldn't vote for Obama. That doesn't, that doesn't give you, that may tell me, that may tell me if I like your political viewpoint, if I appreciate your ideology, that will speak to your integrity of following through with what you're saying on the campaign trail. You know what I'm saying? That, Mm -hmm. that in your personal life, you have a measure of integrity and character that shows me then you're more likely to follow through. Yeah. Okay. Integrity. But if I don't like what you believe, I'm not voting for you for uh, family circle magazines, dad of the year. I'm voting for you to a political office, which means what matters most to me, your political views. Okay. And so, you know, Reagan, I don't know. Reagan had uh, four children. Two of them. One of them to, is a trolling atheist who bears his name. He's his, he's his image bearer, Ron Jr. The other went, tried to embarrass her dad his entire presidency, including posing nude for Playboy. Does that mean, since, since, so since Reagan didn't go four for four as a parent, does that mean he was a terrible president? I mean, that's why we have to be very careful with this stuff. Okay, so being a good family man isn't a qualification to hold public office. It does indicate to me whether you would be successful or um, faithful in following through on those qualifications and beliefs you have that do qualify you. It does say to that. But when you're when when your previous when your political qualifications are. I came up with Obama's worst idea before he had it, Romney Care. I forced Catholic charities to shut down if they didn't want to do gay adoptions after Goodridge. I, I forced the same abortifacient mandate that we went to the Supreme Court to oppose Obama with for the Catholic Little Sisters of the Poor. Romney did that exact same thing to the Catholic Church in Massachusetts, okay? The exact same thing. Romney, Romney advocated that Jan Brewer, the Arizona governor, not sign legislation in her state that would have defended the First Amendment in companies like Hobby Lobby uh, against the Rainbow Jihad and Bakers and Florists, etc. He told her, no, don't do that. Don't defend the First Amendment. Romney was the, quote, swallow hard and do amnesty guy back in 2014. Over and over again, this guy has opposed me on numerous things I care the most about. Why am I supposed to forget that just because he's, 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 his, his family's an American Gothic painting? I'm not. We're not, this isn't, we're not running for Family Circle magazine. We're running for a political office. I need to know what your political views are, what your ideology is, what the core of your worldview is. And then once you show me, okay, you get where I'm coming from, then I am going to look at your personal character to see, is this guy snowing me or is he going to actually follow through? For goodness sakes, Eric Frenstrom's Romney's most trusted political advisor once even described him as a, quote, etch-a-sketch, meaning he was just taking positions to win the primary and then would shake the thing up and take new positions to try and win the general election. So no, I, I, don't, I don't really care uh, from a political office standpoint, the guy's a great husband and father. I know lots of great husbands and fathers, and their belief systems are dreadful. I wouldn't want them anywhere near. They don't have the qualifications to get things done in public office. They're two totally different things. I don't. Again, I don't understand why that's hard to understand. And that's really basically it. 
that's 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 addressing that. And we've we talked about uh, Mitt Romney since he announced he was running again. But that's basically people um, take the high road, Aaron. Take the high road. Uh, the, the main concern is why why don't you like Romney? And your criticism of Romney or any other GOP sacred cow is null and void because you supported a child molester. That's the gist, isn't it? And you know what? If if that's how we're going to play, then that's a question bigger than me. Yep. You can't be aligned with people like that. You just can't. You can't. You 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 will. You can be friendly. Meaning that there are times your interest can coincide, but you cannot be friends with. You can't be allies with people like that. Because if the notion that the minute you disagree with them, they will take a point of previous contention and demagogue you with it. I can get that going on MSNBC, guys. I can get that at the comment section at Vox and Salon. You know, I mean, why would I why would I align myself with people that would debate me that exact same way? That's a great question. That's not that's not any premise for any sort of lasting alliance whatsoever. If you're not allowed to air contrarian opinions. You know, I I didn't assume everybody that thought Roy Moore was guilty wanted Doug Jones to win. Were there Republicans that wanted Doug Jones to win? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they said so. But there were lots of people that didn't. I think if people, I have the utmost esteem and respect for people like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh. They buried Roy Moore. Did I ever complain about it on the air? No. Did I even complain about it off the record privately amongst us? No. Did I ever bear any grudge over anybody that had a legitimate reason not to buy Moore's explanation, who urged our people not to vote for somebody suspected of what he was suspected of? Did I ever do that? No. No. Now, in this case we're discussing here, has the same accommodation been forwarded me the other way? Nope. Nope. Here's the problem with that, though. My ego would like to say, therefore, I'm not going to treat you that way. But the problem is, my life is not my own. I was bought at a high price. My master, my Lord and Savior says, I still have to treat them the way I would like to be treated, even if they're not willing to treat me that way. Right? And so, that's why I've done my best for these last 20 minutes to try and answer these questions as honestly and these critiques as honestly and respectfully as I possibly can. Whether you agree or disagree now with my answers is up to you. And again, I'm a grown man. I'm a big boy. I understand there's consequences for the positions I take. You know, I, I, it's got to be pretty extreme. You know, Aaron's worked with me now for almost three years. It's got to be pretty extreme, Aaron, for you to hear me complain about criticism. I understand this goes oh, no. Usually with the you job. laugh at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it totally. Okay, I get that. Um, but now, if you don't want people like me on your team, then that's how you treat us. You may not want people like me on your team. You may think you can win without people like me, I, I, or you'd rather lose than have people like me. That's okay too. Still doesn't mean if if we like the same ice cream or the same movies or the same sports teams or other things, we still can't appreciate and get along in those other things. We don't we don't have to be political allies. Just if we don't have to. And and maybe we won't be, and that's okay. All I would ask though is if if you're gonna disagree with me, one, get it right. 
two, when I offer you the opportunity to confront me individually on a much bigger platform than a few hundred people that will retweet something, let's treat each other like human beings here and do that. I, I don't know, particularly if you call yourself a Christian, I offered you a Matthew 18. I offered you a chance to come and reason together with me, brother to brother, sister to brother, one-on-one, except letting other people listen in while we do that. Why would you not want to take me up on that? I got to say, I was really disappointed when Noah Rothman liked one of these people's um, explanations why they wouldn't take me up on coming on my show. Could I have treated him any better, Aaron? Noah? No. No. Nor these people just inviting them. You could have you could have flamed them. I didn't. All of them. I wanted to come in here and do this podcast and flame them. You had to hold me back. <laughs> in fact, Noah even retweeted that podcast and said, hey, this is a good conversation. Yep. So then why would he not go to that person and say, hey, he'll let you have your say. Tell him what you think. I can just tell you this. A movement doesn't rise and fall because we didn't support the right candidates or disagreed on the candidates to support or even on disagreement on issues of deep principle. Movements can survive that. What a movement cannot survive, though, is a lack of credibility and trust among one another. That it will not survive. A movement is only as good as its contrarians. Doesn't mean the contrarians are always right. Sometimes they're not. Maybe even often they're not. But it has to be willing to entertain those contrarians. That's why when Mona Charon was at CPAC last week and she called out Trump voters and and others for their willingness to overlook treatment of women, including people who supported Roy Moore, you know what? I was one of those people that supported Roy Moore. I applauded her for what she said. Why? Because it takes balls to do what she did and to stand up and be a contrarian voice. Movements, healthy movements will listen to their contrarian voices. If for no other reason, their contrarians will test our groupthink. They'll test our echo chamber. Make sure we're not Kool-Aid drinkers. We're, there's a difference between being a cause and being a cult. Cults don't entertain their contrarians. Causes do. And so I don't need you to agree with me all the time. I don't need you to like me. I don't need you to invite me to your gatherings or ask me to speak at your events. I don't need to be in the cool crowd. I did the cool crowd thing all through high school. I'm a grown man now. I don't really care. It's overrated. I'm happy to do those things. I try to speak at as many things as I get asked to. I don't frankly get asked a lot, but I try to when I'm asked. All I ask in return, you treat me the same way I'm willing to treat you. When I offer you an opportunity to address with me directly what your concerns are, take me up on it. That is, if you want me on your team. If you don't, then, then don't, and that's okay too. But then don't come to me later on and say, hey, we need you on this. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's how movements work. They engage one another. Not to mention, if we're going to claim Christ here, and I'm offering you a Matthew 18 engagement, then you know, there's a biblical mandate there to take me up on it. And maybe you're like, well, you know what? I don't really want to do it on a podcast. Can I call you up? Sure. Absolutely. I would say yes to that. You bet. We don't have to agree, but if you want us to be in a movement together, we do have to be honest to and about one another. Aaron, final thoughts. Yeah, that's well said. And that's, uh, that is uh, human, rela- human to human interpersonal 
uh, relationships 101, I think, what you just heard there. Um, we don't have a whole lot of that going on right now. We have faction versus faction. Uh, we have uh, groupthink versus groupthink, echo chamber versus echo chamber. If you're not part of the group, you get kicked out. That's not that. That's that's how we got to this point. That that's how we get echo chambers. That's how we get hyperpartisan uh, politics. That's how we get hyperpartisan dialogue. That's quite frankly um, why we have so many of the problems right now. Is not. Is, is just not being able to think through things at a principled level. Instead, thinking through things on a whose side are you on level. That's, that's going to destroy a movement. That's going to destroy a culture. And um, to the best of our abilities, I've said how many times? Two or three times on this podcast alone... Um, indicating that it's a, it's a struggle for, for me as well. I, I want, when I, when somebody I know is, is wrong or I think is wrong, I want to bury that person. I don't want to listen to that person anymore. Um, and I've, I've made allusions to that, but that's not how we, we have to do this. That's, that's not how we do this. Um, what you just heard was reasoning together, listening, being able to listen letting people talk and then letting people uh, and then being willing to listen to others as well. That's each and every one of us. That's not just the person with a microphone in front of them. That's the person on, uh, on any side of the, uh, on any side of the aisle, wherever you are being willing to listen and then dialoguing as well. And not, and not thinking that at the end of the day, we have to agree on every single thing. That's that's as much of a damage that that's going to damage uh, uh, movements as much as anything. Hmm. So interpersonal relationships one hundred and one is uh, is what we what we just heard right there. And you know, to be fair, some of these uh, conservative thinkers and pundits and uh, bloggers that we've invited are closer to your age than mine. And when I was closer to your age than what I'm at now, I was more inclined to react the way they did too. All right, so that's why I'm trying to be as accommodating about this as I possibly can, because my ego would still like to act in the way uh, that that you wanted me to. <laughs> All right, but this is where, with you know, age, maturity, experience of making situations worse comes in. So I'm I'm I'm. I'm not going to entertain any more Roy Moore conversations after this. I, I don't know how much more transparent I could be. What unless someone sends me a question I've not previously answered or considered, then I'll I'll tackle it. But it, but I consider this the closing of that chapter. And if you're one of those people that didn't take me up on having a direct direct conversation about it. And you want to continue to snipe at me about it on Twitter? Well, that says frankly more about your character than mine. And I'll just happily refer people back to this podcast link from this time forward. In the future, though, and this is where you, if you're just one of our listeners, could help us too. In the future, if you see people saying what we're talking about here and taking it out of context, or you think they're being unfair and disagreeing, how they're, not disagreeing, but how they're doing it, let me know. And I'll, I, people love when we have these dialogues. I do them all the time. How many times in my career oh, have I tried oh to do these goodness. and almost no one will take me up on it, right or left, frankly? Yeah. 
So I always hear from people when we do this, gosh, you guys should do more of these. And that frustrates us greatly. We would actually do those shows almost every day of the week if we could. Most people won't do it. God bless Steven Crowder. He, he just must be that much better looking than me and that much funnier than me. Somehow he can get people to do it for him. I can't. That's one of the reasons why I do so many hits on MSNBC and CNN. It's often the only chance I get to directly interact with people who don't always agree with me. Because we have, we have tried this a multitude of times. And 90% plus the answer is no. You know, so... Um, so on these sorts of issues in the future, by golly, you bet we would love to have these conversations because both viewpoints probably represent where a lot of our audience is at one way or the other on these sorts of questions. And I think it can only be constructive if we can come now and reason together, you know, and treat each other as human beings. Well, thank you for tuning in here today. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Don't forget the television show on CRTV, promo code Dace. Thanks for putting up with my Marlboro Man voice today. Go blue. Until tomorrow, John 317. Steve Dace. I like you.